Welcome back in listeners to a very special episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have an incredible artist joining us today. We have the writer and performer of the upcoming show, Wake Up, which is being presented by the Clip Light Theater Company. It's playing June 14th through the 24th at the Access Theater where you can get your tickets and more information by visiting wakeuptheplay.com. But joining us is Spencer Ace. Spencer, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Yay! I'm so happy to have you here. It's kind of a reuniting of, of, of people from the same place. We're both from Utah, which is exciting. We've just spent the last little while literally being those people you know, might as well whipped out of your book at this point you know oh do you know this oh do you know that but it, it's great because it ties back to this incredible story that you have written that you were performing wake up which is absolutely fantastic it's it's a story about your life and i was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about it to start things off sure sure i was i was born and raised in utah and was born and raised Mormon and lived there until I was 23, went to undergraduate school at the University of Utah. And between my, and I, and I, you know, I joined a fraternity, you know, I have three brothers. I have three brothers, two older, one younger. And I tried to kind of follow in the footsteps of my older brothers. And I, you know, join. You know, I I went to to the University of Utah. Joined a fraternity, lived in a fraternity house, dated women, fooled around with women, trying to fix myself, trying to heal my, you know, longing for men. And between my, I was on the five year undergrad plan. So between my fourth and fifth year, I I moved out of the fraternity house. And went to Creed Repertory Theater, which was a is a beautiful theater company in the Rockies at like 9,000 feet elevation. And it was a summer. It was my first paid acting job. And I got up to Creed and for the first time in my life was living in a town where nobody knew me. And there was an openly gay actor in the company. And of course, we're in a town that has a theater company and, you know, things are, everybody's more accepting and all of that sort of thing. And I was like, my God, like I, he's so cute. And, and I wanted to come out or I wanted to be honest about who I was to everybody for years and years and years and years, but was like, I can't, because it just isn't the right thing to do. I'm, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to be that person. So, but for the first time here I was with nobody else knew me and here's this guy and, you know, long story short, I came out of the closet to him. I came out of the closet to him and then was out of the closet kind of just to him and, and my guru of all acting teachers of all time, Kenneth Washington, 
who was head of the actor training program at the University of Utah and was also directing a couple of shows at Creed Repertory Theater that summer. So he directed me in a show. So I came out to the other actor, Joel Farrell, and then came out to Kenneth Washington. And then my parents came to come see the show. And that, well, you should come see the show before I tell you about that experience. <laughs> but anyway, I came out of the closet and then I, I went back to Utah where I still had a girlfriend because I had one more year of undergrad and I broke up with my girlfriend, obviously, and would go to the gay bars and would go and everybody, my brothers, my, my very religious family, my um, the fraternity, you know, everybody was like, where are you? Like, where are you? Like, where are you going now? Like, what are you doing? Where are you? So it was kind of that year of, of slowly coming out in Utah. And then, of course, I went to graduate school in Colorado after I graduated from the U and and kind of was able to be my, myself more there. And, you know, Grapevine kind of did its thing and everybody in Utah kind of found out and everybody in. But it was, you know, it was really in, it's interesting and fascinating to think about how times have really changed. Like I went to my 35 year high school reunion in 2018 and everybody was like, where's your husband? And where's it? And it was just, it's like, wow, like this is, this is, uh, it's a different world. It's a different world and people are just more accepting. And so anyway, that's, you know, and I, so I went to graduate school in Colorado and then I went to the Bay area and lived in San Francisco and was there for five years and was able to work at Shakespeare Santa Cruz, which was an amazing thing where I was able to work on stage with amazing, like Michael Stuhlbarg and Reg Rogers. And I was sharing the stage with them. And I was like, this is like, I want to be in their world. I want, and they're both from New York. And so the summer of 95, when I did Shakespeare Santa Cruz, I decided I was going to move to New York and I sublet Reg's apartment and moved here right when airports reopened after the blizzard of 96. Anyone who lives in New York and was here in New York at the time knows exactly what I'm talking about because it hasn't really snowed like that here since. <laughs> and that's what brought me to New York in 1996. So now I've lived here longer than I lived in Utah and lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else. That's amazing. Well, how did you come up with the idea to take this this story of yours and put it into this one man show? You know, it was something that you know, and it, it's really funny because everybody <laughs> says they're they're like, "What is this show about?" And I, I'm always like, "It's not about me. It's not about me. It's my story, but it's not." And yes, okay, it's about me, but it's the the, the what, what the impetus to make me write it was this guy who was gay, grew up in a very religious upbringing, which is true for a lot of people, had to deal with that, however they had to deal with that, and had some success as an actor and as a gay man. And and I felt like I was, you know, there, there's there's something about who I am that is like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm a very, like I ride my bike, I, I play tennis. I like, I'm, 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 a, I'm a person who likes to go and do stuff. And at the same time, I wanted to explore, like I got hooked on meth, crystal meth. 
And I started to use it and sell it and make a living at it. And I thought that because I was the type of guy that I was, that I was could actively do all these different things at the same time, that I could get away with it and be good at it and be, be a good actor and be a good friend and be a good husband and be a good all of those things and be a good drug dealer and user. So when that came to an end after some horrible, stupid shit that happened that you can find out in my show, I kind of healed from all of that and fixed myself from all of that. And I was like, you know what? There's some something here about somebody who has grown up in a religious upbringing, who is a gay person, who has a drug addiction, who has this identity crisis. And I want to talk about that and say that it's okay to talk about that and that it's okay to expose that and reveal that. And that's what triggered me to write this piece and do this piece. And there's an event in my life that I'm not going to talk about because it's in the show and it's a little teaser that I don't want to tell anybody about. It's something that made this show unique because there's a lot of shows out there, I think. And not, not, I'm not saying that they're, they're not all great or whatever, whatever, but you know, there, there are a lot of shows about drug use and there are a lot of shows about coming out of the closet and there are a lot of shows about religion and there are a lot of shows about that sort of thing. But something, something occurred in my life in 2015 that changed my landscape and everybody's landscape around me about what matters. Hmm. That is a great hook. So this is the world premiere of this show. And I'd love to know what has it been like developing it? It was, it was great. It was, and it was, it's, it's been like years in the process and, and something about, and kind of journaling, journaling about a lot of things and, and just, you know, hundreds of pages of, because it, it, it is very autobiographical and it does go back to me as a little boy up until today. So of course, trying to do a 60 minute, 70 minute show that encapsulates someone's over 50 years of living was challenging, was challenging. So it, it became this, this sort of process of what I guess writers call killing babies, where you you have hundreds of pages of information, hundreds of pages of story and writing and that sort of thing. And you have to whittle it down. You just have to whittle, 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 whittle to make it interesting to someone who doesn't know you, you know, to someone who like, I, I, I want it to be like this. I, I want this to be interesting to a stranger, to a complete stranger who doesn't know who I am and has never met me. And I want it to have an impact on them. And that was through a process of writing and rewriting and changing and the structure of the piece and all of that sort of thing that, you know, which was great, which was, you know, it helped me as a writer and it helped me as a storyteller 
as well to kind of break things down in a way that expose those little nuggets of pieces of our life that other people can relate to and that I hope will inspire. I like that. And and that is a great lead into my next question, which is, is there a message or a thought you hope the audience will leave with from this? Yeah, I get emotional, like I could cry sometimes, but life is fleeting and live it like that because you could, you could die tomorrow and you should live your life understanding that mm-hmm. and don't waste time. Don't waste any time. Don't waste another second of your life waiting. Stop waiting and start acting, pun intended, I guess. But embrace your embrace the fact that you open your eyes in the morning and you see the sky and you see the whatever, that that in and of itself is amazing. And I, I have on my, and I've had this forever and ever, my my Facebook, whatever the blurb is under your name on Facebook. And it's something that I have kind of lived by, that the, the meaning of life is the passion for it, that approach it as this amazing opportunity. Like we don't know what could happen tomorrow. And we don't know what could happen in a week. So don't waste your time. Don't waste your time, I think is kind of the message I want this show to portray. The beautiful and powerful message. And I think one, especially now more than ever, we all need to be living by, you know? Yeah. So that's fabulous. My last question for this first part of the interview is who do you hope have access to this show? Oh man, everybody. I no kids because it's not appropriate for kids. Which is funny because I do a kid's show at this very same theater every year and have been since 2009. But I want everybody to have access to the show. I want drug users. I want people who have gone through rehab. I want gay men. I want straight. I want everybody. I want everybody. Because I think and hope that it touches on something that everybody has experienced in their life. And, you know, whether it's through religion or drugs or coming out of the closet or being gay or, you know, being bisexual or transgender or what, you know, whatever that, you know, I, I, I want anybody and everybody to come and see the show. You know, there's, there's not a real, I don't, there's not a real target audience because I think it is such a huge, I think it's a universal kind of theme that I talk about. And yeah. So I, I, I want everybody to come except kids except anyone under 18. want to shift gears now because on our second part of our show we like to give our listeners a chance to get to know our guests a little bit more on a personal level and i want to start by asking you what inspires you what playwrights composers or shows have inspired you or are even some of your favorites 
What inspires me is the element of surprise. What inspires me is taking risks. What inspires me is action, whether it's physical or emotional or mental, that, you know, I have always been the type of person who wants to go and do something act actively whether i'm on my bicycle whether i'm on the tennis court whether i'm that i don't what inspires me is action and and sometimes that can come with watching someone on the street that can come with watching someone in a show that can come with watching a movie that can come with that I, I want to engage in the human experience as much as I can. And, uh, you know, I, I know that's a big, broad statement, but the idea also kind of what I told you about before as well is I don't want to wait around. I don't want to sit here and wait for something to happen. I want to make that happen. I want to engage other people to make that happen because I'm kind of, I, I am, I'm not much of a loner. I can't, I don't want to go. And, you know, there, there are those people who go and travel the world on their own and they take a backpack. And, and to me, that's inspiring in a way because I could never do that. And I don't and I wouldn't want to do that because I can't, I want to share it with somebody else. And and maybe that is part of the inspiration. Maybe that is part of what inspires me is being able to share an experience, whether it's a meal, whether it's walk down the Hudson River, whether it's a boat ride across the bay, whether it's whatever it is to be active, be active mentally, emotionally, physically, if you can be active and celebrate and appreciate the fact that you can do that because one day <laughs> you can't <laughs> one day we're all, we're all going to die, you know? So don't waste any time. That is a really fantastic answer. A very unique answer here on Sage Wisdom. We've never had that before, but I love that. Oh, thanks. Have you seen any great theater lately that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? You know, I've been going to solo shows. In fact, one of the tenants who live in, in the building I'm in, Dave Drexler, oh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, did a one-man show at, uh, it was on Theater Row. It was one Theater Row. Robin and Me, I think, is the name of the show. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so he's- Abington, a, Abington Stage Company presented that. Abington, that's right. That's yeah. Right. And I thought his piece was great. And, and again, like kind of that autobiographical thing. And I was just like, so I went, and I saw that. I thought it was great. And it's, I think it's closed now, which is a bummer. I went and saw, I, I had the joy of working with Anthony Rapp, which I, I worked with doing 3D Hamlet in Edinburgh in 2011. And he was Hamlet and I was Polonius and when I found out and I had the joy of working with his brother, Adam Rapp directed me in a show that he didn't even write, which was amazing. But then Adam did direct me in finer noble gases, which he did write. 
but when I found out Anthony was doing his piece, is it called Without You? Yes. Uh, okay, good. I went and saw that piece and saw that piece and thought it was great. And I've been so wrapped up in my own stuff that I I haven't had a chance to kind of go and see a lot of stuff. I saw I saw some stuff at Irish Rep recently. I can't remember the name of the plays. The Smuggler. Yes. I went and saw that too. Yeah. So I've been kind of trying to spoon feed myself with solo shows <laughs> to kind of see what works and what doesn't work and, and you know, to see what makes an audience react in a certain way and what, you know, and, and, and it's been incredibly helpful. I, I tried to go and see, I, you know, at Axis Theater, Axis Theater did an amazing production of Washington Square. Did you see that? I did. It was great. Those guys are great. I love, and which is where I'm doing this piece. Washington Square, I did, I saw a bunch of times. Edgar Oliver show, who's also a wonderful, amazing friend of mine who does amazing solo shows as well. And just as, you know, stuff like that. That's amazing. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? My favorite part about working in the theater is learning about the human experience. I think the, when, when I first started acting, you know, becoming someone else, you start to understand, I believe, and this is, this is what got me hooked on it, was that when you step into the role of another character, when you step into the role, when you jump, whatever, whatever the play is, I don't, you know, whether it's Eugene O'Neill or Ibsen or Chekhov or whoever, whatever, you're diving into another world. And by doing that, you're learning not only about other people, but you're learning about yourself. You know, you start to realize how much alike we all are. And if I dive in, uh, in under the skin and into the skin of another human being, not only am I learning about them, but I'm starting to learn a lot about myself. And that is what makes me go as an actor. That is what makes me never want to stop doing what I'm doing because it's, it was never, ever, ever about, I want to be seen or I want to be famous or I want to show it was more about me learning about myself and about the world I live in. That's why I became an actor. I love that. That is amazing. And that's a great lead into my favorite question to ask guests, which is what is your favorite theater memory? My favorite theater memory. I played Alan in Equus and I had just come out of the closet. And so this was in my, this was at the University of Utah. And it was this boy, Alan Strang, who is driven by these horses and the way they look at him like they're God. And, and you know, he, Alan is born with these religious parents and these, this religious upbringing and, and he starts to find out and he's this boy, he's this adolescent 
boy who is trying to figure out who he is, you know, and you have Dysart, the psychiatrist, and you have his parents and this beautiful girl who he meets at the stable and he tries to understand her and he tries to understand himself through these horses and he gets freaked out because these horses are like god and they start to see who he is and he starts to feel ashamed about who he is so he stabs out their eyes and for me as an actor playing that role was me just being myself and touching base with who I was and showing Utah that it's okay to be who you are. And if you look at me the wrong way, I'll stab out your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Not really that, but might as well throw that in there for a good measure. You know, and a lot of my fraternity brothers and a lot of my straight friends came to see that show who didn't know I'd come out of the closet yet. And I'm not saying that Equus has anything to do with coming out of the closet or that Equus has anything to do with. But for me, that was the role that lifted me in a way. So that was that that's there. There are and there are a bunch there. There are a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, but that one is one that sticks out to me more than anything else. And I was lucky enough to get photos from that production because they, they, you know, there was, you know, obviously the old days before the cell phone and all that stuff. This was in 1987 or 1988. And I had to go back. I went back to the University of Utah and kind of tracked down the photographer and then went to the marriott library which was a huge library on campus of the university of utah and got photos and had them digitized or whatever i i I ended up getting photos from that show and and you know i also did a production of a lie of the mind which my acting guru kenneth washington directed at the university of utah sam shepherd's play which that was an amazing play too also in the same theater the babcock theater at the university of utah um, and the same year-ish, that, that same, 1987, 80, I came out of the closet the summer of 1987, and then, and that kind of released my, you know, that, I, I played Dromeo of Syracuse in Comedy of Errors that season at the, in the Babcock Theater, and got a, you know, got nominated for an Irene Ryan Award, and I did Alan and Equus, and Frankie and A Lie of the Mind, and yeah, so that, that was... Those were those. Were, that was a good year for me. Yeah. Amazing! Thank you for sharing those memories. Wow! Of course, of course. Thank you for asking for them. Well, are there any projects or productions coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Not that I know of. Knock on wood. I mean, I want you know. I've I've had my, I've had my head so focused on this that I I haven't really had to the wherewithal to kind of think about it but you know i do the kids show every december at access theater seven in one blow i've done it every december from 2009 to present it's one of the joy most joyous times of the year for me is going up and i teach kids tennis i teach little kids tennis and and for someone who doesn't have kids of their own it's 
a great opportunity for me to engage in not only their future, but our future too. You know, they are our future. So let's treat them well, you know. <laughs> but so seven and one blow will happen in December. And I think I'm meeting with the, you know, I'm a member of Access Theater Company and we're gonna go, we're meeting there in June, June 20th, I think, to maybe hear what's next. I don't know, I don't know. There's a company meeting in June. So just put accesscompany.org on your website or on your phone or whatever, in your brain, put it in your brain and come see their work because it's always the best work around. And I, and I don't say that because I'm a member of that company. I just believe it with my heart. It's new. It's always new stuff. It's always interesting stuff. That's the other thing about theater that I, theater I love is theater that I walk away from and continue to think about and think about it and it's like, wait a minute, what, did this happen? Was, what, what was that? And, and why was that like that? And why did she do that? And who were they? Like, like those, but, but inspiring questions that, you know, like you saw Washington Square, you know what I'm talking about? Like, who are these, like, they're a part of humanity, but they're also make great, make you ask great questions. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, hopefully, bringing the show out to Utah, as we had mentioned previously, uh, and Jerry Rapid and Plan B. Yeah. So, well, finally, if our listeners want more information about Wake Up or about you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you, how can they do so? I have a website, spenceraced.com, and I think you can leave me messages on there. I should know this by now. And spencerace.com s-p-e-n-c-e-r-a-s-t-e.com and go to also go to either axis a-x-i-s company.com i'm sorry accesscompany.org or wakeuptheplay.com perfect well spencer thank you so much for taking the time thank to you thank you so much it was such a it was such a joy to meet you and and chat with you and i'm so glad that you talked about my show yes this the show sounds amazing so thank you for sharing it and i can't wait to see it so thank you so much for being here today andrew thank you so much it was such a joy to meet you and talk to you thank you my guest today has been the writer and performer Spencer Aced, whose upcoming show, Wake Up, being presented by the Cliplight Theater Company, is being performed June 14th through the 24th at the Access Theater. You can get more information and your tickets by visiting wakeuptheplay.com. We're going to have all this information plus some contact information posted on our episode description as well as on our social media post. We'll also keep you posted about when we are attending the show so we can make it another Stage Whisper night out at the theater. And you can join us. Let's make it a sellout night. Really show up and support Spencer Ace and the Access Theater Company. But in the meantime, head over to wakeuptheplay.com. Get your tickets for this great, great story, this great show, Wake Up, June 14th through the 24th. So until next time, 
I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.